What is up, everyone? My name is Allie Gilbreth, and this is usually meme history. But today, as I've been telling you in past shows, we have a very special guest today. Uh, welcome the Dean of Cal's, Shane Burgess. Would you like to say hello? Hi, Allie. <laughs> so we have a very rare opportunity to have Shane on our show. So I compiled some questions to ask you, you know, what students I think are interested in hearing in from a dean. Uh, and specifically your unique viewpoints. Um, when Joel sent me uh, information about you, it was interesting seeing how diverse your history was, where you came from, what you've done. Um, but first, I just got to ask, what made you decide to come on to the radio station? Well, why not? I mean, well, how <laughs> often do you get to be on student radio? I used to listen to student radio a lot when I was at college. Yeah. And uh, it's all I used to listen to, actually. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. What a great opportunity. Yeah, I, I think... Nowadays, you know, people are mostly used to like streaming services mm -hmm. like Spotify and Apple. So we're trying to get, you know, more people to, you know, get back into radio. It's a good way to express yourself. Um, that last song we just played was uh, sh one of Shane's personal picks. Uh, it's the end of the world as we know it uh, by R.E.M. We were talking about this before we came on the show about how, you know, a lot of students uh, can relate to that song. <laughs> um, and, you know, you have so many responsibilities between being dean and, you know, VP. Um, so how do you handle all the responsibilities you have? How do I handle them? Yeah. Well, hopefully I hire a whole bunch of people who really know <laughs> how to do all of the jobs. And, uh, and then, you know, really just coordinate with these folks and um, be available when needed. That's pretty much how to handle it. And spend my time trying to learn and, and listen to people. And... Uh, of course, listening is not, it not, uh, doesn't come easy to a bunch of people and, and sometimes me. So I have <laughs> to try a little harder to do that. Yeah, active listening is a, a thing you kind of have to learn, especially like for this interview. I was like, oh no, I got to make sure that I'm really considering, you know, what sort of advice you're giving to students and then what, how we can deep, dig deeper into that. Yeah, so the funny thing about advice to students, and I think it connects with that song, is, um, you know, if you've been out of college more than five years, you're completely disconnected. Right. I think uh, I think, you know, we may have some advice because we've been around a little longer. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason for for choosing that song was that, um, you know, sometimes the world can just seem like it's imploding, you know, imploding. It's all coming down on you. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. I've got all these exams. I've got to do all these things. And then another time it things like you're graduating and you don't have a clue what you're going to do. Uh, but it seems that every the world cycles and uh you go through phases, and there's always an, the end of the world as you know it, and, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think let's embrace that, right? Mm -hmm. And and what about all the opportunities that are going to come because the world is changing? Oh. I mean, just think how fast it was for us to set up and get in this room, right? <laughs> you pulled out a laptop and we just got going. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, before we would have had discs, you would have had to hunt around for records you could never find because of the crazy songs I've chosen. And, <laughs> no. uh and yeah, so I just think that this is a really, I think it's a really positive song. And, and I think to me, it, uh, I find it really energizing yeah. when there's change happening. And uh, I think a lot of times, talking about my job, I think a lot of times are to um, help us all not be worried by change. One of my favorite sayings is, um, I've been through some terrible things a very few of which actually happened, <laughs> right? So we tend to like brew on these things, make them worse. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it is going to be the end of the world as we know it. And, and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And we can, we can choose to make it the, a really good future or we can choose to be not engaged. It's funny, you know, tomorrow's the election. I hope yeah. everyone's going to get out and vote if Woo. they haven't already. Please vote. <laughs> yeah, please vote, absolutely. It's, uh, it's funny because 
just like a little side tangent, uh, I filled out my early ballot and I was like, where am I going to turn in my ballot? I don't know where any of the postal stations are. So if you need to find somewhere to turn in your ballot, uh, we actually have uh, one of the blue postal things right outside the station. Nice. <laughs> and I never noticed it, even though I passed by it every day. Wow. Um, and going back to what you said about changes, uh, I think one thing I noticed that I've started implementing that's really helped me a lot with when it feels like the end of the world is thinking about the best thing that could happen, the worst thing that could happen, and what's likely going to happen. You know, like I was like, oh, no, what if I... I'm completely unprepared for this interview. How am I, how am I going to work out? Or what if it's the best interview that's ever happened and more people want to come on camp, right? Yeah. But so you were, <laughs> you were thinking about all the things that were in my head <laughs> as I was walking over to people. Right? Um, so then <clears throat> that follows kind of into my next question. Um, out of the songs you've chosen to play, which song would you say resonates with you the most? Like, uh, so if you don't remember your playlist, I have it up for you. Okay. So. And I don't have my glasses on. This is one of the, <laughs> the changes I'd rather not have to embrace. Oh, uh-huh. put glasses on. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. Truthfully, I struggled to, uh, to, to, to narrow this down mm-hmm. and also to, um, to choose something that, that maybe people hadn't, hadn't heard, maybe apart from the last two songs, which, mm-hmm. which I purposely put in because, uh, because they're at least today and they're not, all, they're not all ancient history. Yeah, I was surprised by those. I was like, oh, fun, really? oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why were you surprised? Good picks. Oh, you like them. Okay, yeah. good. I like them too. But, um, yeah, I don't think any of them particularly resonate any more than the other. They all resonate for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I, that sounds like a cop-out, but it's really <laughs> true. And we can go through each one eventually whenever you want to, and we can talk about why for each of them. But yeah. uh, they're all they're all different for different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And although you said there's a theme running through, so yeah. I can't wait for that. <laughs> we'll get into that. So how would you say music has influenced your outlook on certain aspects of life? So we talked about it's the end of the world as we know it. You know, mm-hmm. that's obviously an influence on how you look at the world. Yeah, I don't... Um, I'm not sure that I'm aware of it. I mean, I'm sure that it has. Mm-hmm. Um I, this is uh, one of the things I really find fascinating is is all of the things that different people are really good at, mm-hmm. um, most of which I'm not. <laughs> and so um, I find it really fascinating um, how people who are really, really good at music, which I'm not, um, can really um, use music to convey ideas and themes and really get into our subconscious that, that we don't even recognize. So, you know, I've kind of um, given up on that self-analysis here. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I just think it's great. I just think some, some bits of music take me back, some bits of music, um, you know, I'll listen to. Um, or rather, I don't even pick, right? I just have these certain playlists that run through, and I love electronics so that it, you, you can do this. Um, <laughs> one, of my, one of my Pandora channels, you know, things will come on, and I'll, I'll just, uh, like, I love that we started with that first song. Yeah. It's kind of an upbeat. It gets me back into thinking about the future. So I guess, you know, they, they um, I guess I have played music different times in my life for different reasons, but I don't have a particular analytic bent on that, I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. I think it's, you know, kind of a loaded question. And I think, like you said, it's very subconscious. You don't realize how music influences your life. So, for example, one song I was listening to, I just enjoyed, you know, the guitar on it. It was pretty heavy, and it was a female singer, so I enjoyed that. And then I listened deeper to the lyrics, and I realized, you know, it was about, like, safety. Like, it was about female safety at night. So it's very interesting topics that certain artists get into. I will say that what I generally do is I'm really interested in songs that are doing something more than just 
repeating the same old line over <laughs> and over again. I think you'll find that's pretty much that with all the songs I've chosen. Yeah, so our next song that I'm going to play is uh, Scatterlings of Africa by Johnny Clegg. Um, so do you have anything to say about that? Any I input? do, but maybe after. After it? Okay. Let's, let's give the listeners an opportunity to analyze it themselves, you know. I really wanted to get into an analysis of, you know, how you think and how you interpret music. So this is Scatterlings of Africa by Johnny Clegg. Okay, so we are back. Uh, so that was Scatterlings of Africa by Johnny Clegg. We were talking about how the beat for that song is really good. So what made you decide to pick that song? Well, I thought it was really interesting. I've always liked that song because um, it, it talks about human where humans came from and that we all came from the same place. Mm-hmm. And uh, Johnny Clegg is an anthropology major. Oh, wow. So he graduated as an anthropologist in South Africa. Um, and during uh, all of the um, apartheid times mm-hmm. and uh, growing up in New Zealand and especially with the Glen Eagles Agreement, which was around sport and, and not, not working with, uh, with South Africa to, to try and break apartheid, um, so he grew up in those times and was part of that whole movement. And then the band behind him is a bunch of Zulu guys. And so it all connects together. And the fact that um, um, you know, race is a really weird construct for us, for human beings. Um, certainly we have genetic differences, but if we all go back, you know, there, there, there's, uh, there's one female hominid that gave rise to the whole species. Oh. And we're all the same. And that's what I like. I think that song's really cool. <laughs> because of that. So it all connects back into where we're from and we're all fundamentally the same and um, and we've all we've all been scattered from Africa and, and that's where we're from and and so uh, there's a I think there's a, there's a line in there talking about the road to Aldervai mm. and uh, it's Aldervai Gorge where uh, Lucy Homo habilis was found by the leakies. So I've just always been fascinated by evolution, and so I thought that was kind of cool. That's a great song. Um, we mentioned earlier about how I kind of noticed a recurring theme mm-hmm. uh, with the songs that you chose. So we had It's the End of the World, Scatterlings of Africa, We'll Eventually Have Weather With You, Dance Called America, Some Nights, and Hey Brother. So I noticed that most, if not all, of the songs are related to Earth and life and people. Really? Yeah. So we oh. have like, you know, it's the end of the world, mm-hmm. world, scatterlings of Africa. So, you know, the mm-hmm. earth, where we originate from in terms of life, you know, weather with you, obviously about, you know, like earth again, dance called America, where we're from, life. Uh, some and where we're ni- going to. Yeah. And where we're going to. And then some nights, you know, coming into more of like the newer age music, you know, and like how we, uh, you know, how our emotions are throughout life. And then with Hey Brother by Avicii, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Avicii recently passed away. Um, So it's funny how his music lives on, you know, like the life of another person can continue to live through music. Um, So I thought it was very fitting that, you know, the theme of earth and life um, was very fitting for your position as Mm -hmm. Dean of Cal's. Um, And obviously your previous experience with veterinary sciences, so when did this is more of a question I think a lot of um, people my age are wondering is, you know, when did you realize that you wanted to become a veterinarian? And then how did that later transform into becoming a professor and a dean? Yeah. So um, the veterinarian thing, uh, growing up where I grew up in New Zealand, there's a lot of animals around, a lot of animal production. And, um, you know, I grew up at a time where there was a show called James Harriet, which is all about this vet driving around in northern England and helping people, and I really liked animals. I, I couldn't explain it at the time when I was really young. I'm, I don't know how young um, 
but you know, way back to as far as I can remember. Um, and for me, it was all about um, working with animals, working with people, helping people, um, and and being able to help animals, but also around the science of of it. And uh, again, I didn't, I couldn't have expressed it in terms of evolutionary biology or Darwin or or, or um, our economy and and all the rest of it. But it it was a really good fit. And, and I will say the last thing about it was. Um, growing up where I grew up um, in New Zealand, uh, at any one time when I was when I was 18 to 30, um, at any one time half of the population between the years of 18 and 30, uh, 18 and 30 years old, half of the population was not in the country oh, wow. at any one time. So we all travelled, right? And so um, I just thought this would be a really good job to travel on. And it turned out to be that way. Now the transition, uh, we don't have time for the entire transition mm-hmm. and the five countries in between. <laughs> but, um, and and you know, sometimes having to move because of financial reasons or op- job opportunities and other times just wanting to move mm-hmm. or, or other opportunities. Um, but, um, you, you know, it is, for me at least... Um, uh, I guess it's my ADHD kicking in. They're just kind of getting bored and wanting to do something exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, my first step away from general practice was salmon farming in northern Scotland. Oh, yeah, I read about that. And this is the time of the show, American show, called Northern Exposure, which is ancient history to you. But it's about <laughs> this, uh, this doctor who goes and lives in Alaska and lives this crazy world. And that's, that's kind of what it was like living in far north Scotland, <laughs> uh, but it, with, with Scottish accents. So anyway, that was an opportunity that just came up out of the blue, a long story there. But um, it all, and I never had a ladder on the wall. I never had a letter that I wanted to be a dean. I did mm-hmm. not want to be one. It just was an opportunity that came up, uh, and it worked well for the family to live here. And uh, and I, I just really connected with uh, the college and what we do. And, and what we do is a little bit of agriculture, a huge amount of life science, mm-hmm. and a whole lot in the environment. Yeah. And so that's what we do in our college, and it's very, 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 very diverse. And again, um, it's really exciting to me to hear about what everybody else is doing in this sphere. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was this, uh, you know, looking back, it always makes sense, right? Yeah. But going forward, it's always a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. But uh, this concept of the end of the world as we know it was, was this, okay, leave that behind and move on to the next thing. So that's what sort of motivated me. But no linear progression. You know, I've, I did my PhD while I was working outside of academia. I, I didn't, people say, what was it like at grad school? So, uh, I don't know, I didn't go to grad school. You know, I, mm. I signed up, I did my exams, I did my final viva and got my PhD and then moved on. So, but I did that while I was working and in, in, a, in a commercial environment. So again, just a different way of doing things. And I think there's many, many different paths to getting to places. Yeah. Um, as I was telling you earlier, I was joking about having a one-fifth life crisis if I was to live to be 100. And one of them was... I so was I get to have a half-life crisis, which <laughs> made me feel even better. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, we'll figure out how to make that a little longer. Um, so I was, you know, as a student and, you know, getting towards graduation, you know, it's very intimidating because you look at, you know, the CVs of certain professors or um, even people in industry and you it feels like they just decided like straight off the bat but it's really encouraging to hear you know this wasn't what I originally planned and I just did what my heart kind of told me to do and I think you know like you mentioned with not really sweating the end of the world too much you know and just kind of going where life takes you is important for us to understand so I have something that's genuinely true you may not believe this but uh, what (laughs) happened was I'm a I'm a night person 
at least I used to be into kids <laughs> and being worn out. But um, so I'm a night person. So what would happen is I would always have trouble getting up and, up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I realized way way pre children when I could afford to do this was if I couldn't get up out of bed in the morning, it was just time to change. Trying mm. to change jobs. So, yeah, but I'm kind of an extreme person. I love change. I really embrace <laughs> it, right? So, uh, but it is scary. Graduating from college is a really, probably the, one of the scariest things you can do, mm-hmm. uh, go out in the world. And But I again, I would uh, focus on you and don't focus on your weaknesses. Focus on what you do well and then build on those. And if you don't connect to it, um, use it to, to jump from rather than just throwing it away. Leverage it. And then uh, if you can't get out of the bed in the morning, um, change jobs or do what I do, change countries. <laughs> that sounds exciting. I might do the same then. <laughs> so we're going to play another song. This is going to be Weather With You by Crowded House. And then uh, we'll have you talk about your thoughts uh, about the song once again. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned in. We're going to get even deeper. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, your, we mentioned earlier, your interesting talk about living to 100. We're going to talk about that um, and some other points that you've already touched on. So make sure you stay tuned in. This is Weather With You by Crowded House. Okay, so we are back. We decided to play two songs back to back just to kind of give you that 30-minute break. Um, so what do you, do you have anything specific to say about, you know, um, Dance called America or Weather With You. Okay, so Weather With You is interesting because you know, I was originally going to pick a, um, a split end song because I, oh. I was born and grew up in New Zealand and of course that's where they started. But then my mum's Australian and oh. so I've always felt linked to both countries. And so that particular song was one of their first songs when they moved to Australia. And so half the band was New Zealand, half the band was Australia and that's what it was. And the other thing is it's kind of a joke because um, Australasians when they go to England, there's tons, well UK actually, there's tons of Australasians go to the UK. Long story why, but anyway it happens a lot. And it's kind of a running joke that we're always whining about the weather. And uh, so people think that that song is written because we're always worrying about the British weather. It's not actually real. It's not true. It's, you know, it's about, it's kind of a little bit like the first song. It's, uh, you know, it's it, your attitude is what you can carry with you. It's the only thing you can change. Yeah, it's the only thing you can deal with. And, uh, uh, and you know, and people have shown some pretty extreme events, um, concentration camps in World War II, for example. No one can get into your mind and no one can allow, no one can take away what you decide you want the future to be for you. Uh, no one can take away your the way you think. Wow. And, and I think that's that's what that's about, that song's about. That, I have no idea if it's really about that, but that's what That's, that's an what amazing take, though, you know? That's uh, the power of, you know, your mind and, you know, making sure you practice it every day. Um, you know, uh, going back to, you know, talking about living to 100, uh, Alzheimer's, you know, runs mm-hmm. in certain families like right. my own. Yeah. And, you know, it's the conscious decision of, you know, exercising your brain, but also understanding some things are genetic, like we talked earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't watched, uh, you can actually watch on YouTube uh, Shane's uh, talk, Living Beyond 100. I highly recommend you check it out. What makes it really great, as I talk to you behind um, during the music break was it's very data driven. You know, you come up with your own conclusions. And for me, I found that, you know, it was more genetic. Um, but then going deeper into your connection with earth and life, um, you know, I thought the talk was really humorous um, and scientific. And you mentioned the study specifically from Boston University um, that noticed centenarians manage stress better. And as you said earlier in the show, you know, you were working full time while getting your PhD, which is 
an incredible feat in my opinion because I'm looking at grad school and I'm thinking, how would I even manage to do that, you know? Um, so we kind of talked about this earlier, but how did you manage your stress during that time? How do you manage a work life and an academic life at the same time? Actually, I think it was, it was in Britain that I did this. And so the system, I think, makes it easier. So that actually was not one of the most stressful times of my life. <laughs> uh, because I just treated it like the job that it was. And it was my job, uh, what I was working with, the, the organization I was working for was, was very much about uh, biomedical research. And, and, and so we were doing things that I could engineer into a PhD. And I said engineer on purpose because I think that's the way of looking at it. And for the first two years, I did it in three years, for the first two years, I just treated it like a day job. Um, you know, I would start work at eight in the morning or nine in the morning and, and finish at five at night. And I didn't work weekends. Um, but you see, in Britain, I didn't have to do coursework. I just had oh. to learn it out of books. And it's so much easier to learn something if it means something to you, mm -hmm. right? You connect to it. And so if you need to learn, oh, I don't know, in my case, it was uh, some molecular biology techniques. Yeah. Well, they made sense because I had to do them and I had to get answers and it was good for me. So that actually wasn't one of the most stressful times in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but coming back to managing stress, you know, I'm not necessarily probably the best person to ask about managing <laughs> stress. I'm not sure if I, I have to very consciously think about managing stress but you know a lot of tools that people will often talk about but um, you know that is you know what is the what is the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen here mm -hmm. um, uh, that's probably one of the tricks um, but again a lot of how we manage stress a lot of how we approach things is is very much genetic I mean I, I think there's genes involved in so many things and so you know one of the jokes I made I guess during that is uh, if you want to live a long time adopt a centenarian <laughs> right adopt someone I mean, the, be, the best predictor of living a long time is where the appearance did uh, and is that because they've got genes that uh, that uh, stop their, uh, that, that, that affect their telomeres and their in their cells and so their cells don't go into senescence or is it that they uh, just, they've got genes that help them deal with stress. And I'm not sure, well, I'm, I'm sure I don't know the answer. <laughs> and there may be someone who, heaven forbid, is actually listening to the show who does know the answer. And maybe they can come on the show later on. Yeah. Give some, some actual science. But um, there's one thing I do want to say. I think it's really, really important in life actually not to be data-driven. I think it's really important in life to be data-informed. Because I think the power that we have as human beings is not our in, innate intelligence, not our ability to to calculate things. And as an engineer, I mean, you, you're um, cursed with the same problem I am. <laughs> and that is with STEM people, right? Science, mm -hmm. technology, engineering, math. So every solution is completely, every problem rather is completely tractable. We just divide it down, calculate it out, and it's done, right? And then everyone should just love what we've come up with. Well, it doesn't work that way. And uh, Steve Jobs knew this, you know, if he was gonna produce a product, it had to connect with people's soul. It had to connect with people's feelings and passions. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the world today, it's driven and motivated not by our technical ability but and not by our raw IQ, but our ability to connect with others. And the fact that we're all smart, but we're smart differently. <laughs> and, you know, I often joke with one of the people I, I work with that uh, if we look at my, uh, my uh, uh, psychogenic profile, my, sorry, my neuropsych profile, and we look at her neuropsych profiles, um, we, we find out is b between the two of us, we make a balanced human being. <laughs> right? And so, again, don't build on your weaknesses, partner with somebody for your weaknesses and build on your strengths. And, uh, and I think that can, that can deal with, you can deal with a lot of stress that way. Now, I will say academia is not set up for that, especially in the undergraduate side, because mm -hmm. the bottom line is you've just got to learn X and you've got to sit the exam and that, and you've got to pass that. You can't partner with, partner with somebody. But in the real world, and I think, again, coming back to my PhD, I got to partner with people who are really good at stuff. 
Um, we also did a thing in the UK which is different to here. Every morning we would stop for what was supposed to be a 15-minute uh, coffee break. Mm. And every afternoon we'd stop for what was supposed to be a 15-minute um, a a tea break. Now, these extended on to longer. But, but what happened was, you know, sometimes we'd talk about what was on TV the night before or football or whatever. Um, but other times what we'd do is you, you'd brainstorm and you'd get really creative solutions. And I think creativity comes from interacting with others. Mm-hmm. And again, this, is, uh, this stops stress because you find solutions you didn't know were there. Mm, yeah. Um, it's great hearing, you know, about teamwork, uh, specifically within uh, ECE, which is my degree, uh, this whole junior year, I've been working in groups. And through it, you know, as you mentioned, I've really been able to focus on my strengths. But what I found interesting was you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, work more towards the strengths rather than the weaknesses. So how would you say you can kind of mitigate weaknesses using your strengths? Find someone who has different strengths. <laughs> Even in, on the test? And just well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, you just got to power through it, I think. I, I'm yeah. sure there's... Uh, there's people smarter than me who can teach you how to learn uh, in your way. But everyone learns differently. That's the other thing I would say. Yeah. Identify, know yourself. And, uh, you know, I found out, I always thought I was a visual learner until about six months ago when I found oh. out I've been an auditory learner all this time. <laughs> and I had no idea. Um, but that, so there you go. I would say find out how you learn and then and then use that as a strength to help you learn something that that is apparently hard to you. How did you find out that you're actually an auditory learner? Oh, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's all about this continual, um, be on a continual path of self-exploration. Be on a continual path of understanding yourself. There are people who understand about neuropsychology. Uh, we have very strong programs on this campus and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are things you can do. The very first one that people all know about is a, is a test called the Myers-Briggs test. And then it goes on from there. Um, you know, this is a hard thing to learn just by doing a Google search, by the way, to find out what to do because there's about four and a half thousand different things out there, <laughs> some of which are good. And um, but yeah, no, I found this out during one of these. these it was just basically a little little test to work out how um, how I learned. It was a reason for wanting to do this, and part of it is wanting to have a, a, a baseline as you get older. You want to have a baseline, a neuropsych baseline. So you know if you're starting to uh, lose lose mental faculties. You do when you get older anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best time to be, you know, the best time for your thinking is, is your age, not mine. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's good that we're in a college at this time. That's interesting, though, because... It is. It's really hard to go back to school when you're older. Oh, because yeah. Because <laughs> your brain works completely differently. Mm-hmm. And even just, like, the difference between, you know, like, uh, being in industry versus academia, mm-hmm. you know, the mindset of people is different. Oh, completely The different. work style. And remember, the majority of people are not in colleges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting seeing how, you know, when I was at an internship over the summer, you know, I got to kind of take a peek at how it was like and how different it actually was. And um, as you mentioned earlier with self-reflection and setting a baseline, I think it's very easy, too, for us to get used to a certain way, mm. you know, being in, in, you know, academia for so long. Um, like, I was th- talking about this with my roommate, like, three-fourths of my life I've been in school. So <laughs> it's hard to know, you know, what life is going to be like when, you know, you're in industry or you're doing something different. And, you know, those baselines change based off of what you're doing. And what you label yourself as certainly changes as well, you know. I'm glad you said label yourself. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're always labeling yourself. And you can change those labels, but just don't let anybody else label you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, with especially uh, young adults, you know, it's you can be very impressionable and let those, you know, labels 
take a hold of you more than they need to be. Oh, let, let the positive ones take a hold of yeah, you. Yeah, let the positive ones. I like that. Um, so we're going to play uh, one more song, and then we'll get back into questions again, and then we'll, we're almost at the end here, which is crazy. Time has just certainly flown. Uh, so I, we're going to play Some Nights by Fun. I really enjoyed that this was on the playlist because I love the song. It's cool seeing how, you know, even the dean listens to music that I listen to. <laughs> so this is fun with Some Nights. Okay, so that was Some Nights by Fun. Uh, behind the scenes, again, we were talking about music, and we both agreed that 1980s was the best time for music. <laughs> so besides Fun and Avicii, which we have on this playlist, I'm curious as to what other artists nowadays do you really enjoy? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that. The answer's <laughs> out of my head. I really like a band called Bastille out of the UK. Oh, uh-huh. Bastille's really good. Yeah. Uh, I remember back when they had a one-hit wonder that was coming out, and then... There's another song that they have a remix of that I also really enjoyed. And we talked about Lady Gaga, you know, being a smart businesswoman like Madonna. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any opinions on Britney Spears by chance? I don't. I don't know much about Britney Spears. Really? I need to ask my 13-year-old. <laughs> Although she may not have any opinions either. I, yeah. I, my wife is probably going to say, well, of course you have opinions. I don't, I, I'm sure I'd recognize some of the songs that we heard them, but I don't. Why did you ask me about Britney Spears? Because uh, we were talking about how, you know, Madonna and Lady Gaga are very smart businesswomen. They're very strong. But Britney Spears is kind of interesting in the fact that she had, like, a mental breakdown. Oh, right. Yeah, she was the one that shaved her That's head. That's right, I remember. Well, so did Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> yeah, true. She's also, Sinead O'Connor's uh, Muslim now, which is very yeah, interesting. Yeah, I just saw that. I yeah. just saw that, like, last week or the week before I saw that. Yeah, so it's interesting seeing, you know, women change. And Britney Spears released what I call her best album, Blackout, in 2003, which was immediately after this mental breakdown she had. So it was really a, a bounce back. I just wanted your opinion on that. I thought it was cool talking about Lady Gaga with you. <laughs> well, I think it's really funny if we look at the range of human brains mm -hmm. right, and how personalities work. And, and so many of our, uh, our, our greatest artists over great periods of time mm -hmm. you know, have been really eccentric, off-center. And I think what we're understanding now about the human brain is... Um, there are spectrums of normality in humans. Mm. And many of these things that maybe 100 years ago or maybe even 50 years ago were considered abnormal um, or you know, you know, crazy or whatever um, are really spectrums that when we put all of humanity together help us do certain things at key times. Um, and they don't work so well if you put everybody under a microscope. I'm not sure anybody works particularly well if you put them under a microscope, <laughs> right? We've got this veneer and we're trying to keep it together half the time. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a little bit what I think that last song was about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, basically, you know, keeping it... Um, you know, so everybody has these some nights, right? And, um, I mean, I, I think you're not human if you, if you don't. Mm. And uh, self-doubt and, uh, um, you know, asking, questioning what you what you believe for a long time. And I think you find, uh, I think always question about your beliefs. Again, be data informed. As the data changes, change your mind. But don't be data driven because then you'll have the data suit what you think. Hmm. And I think that's the big difference. Yeah. So speaking of data, uh, so I was provided, you know, some statistics about, you know, the CALS major. Mm -hmm. um, so only 9% of CALS students are majoring in traditional agriculture studies, and mm -hmm. then 40% are majoring in health sciences. 42% are in some kind of health-related kind of health discipline, human mm -hmm. health. Human health yeah. yeah, so 
Do you think this is because more people are interested in STEM, or do you think they're following, you know, where the money is going? You know, that's a good question. I think the interesting thing is, um, you know, as society evolves and you, you go back to industrialization and pre-industrialization, you know, when when America became America, ninety-eight percent of people worked in farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the Civil War, it was down to about, you know. 88%. You know, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was mm-hmm. a little bit down from the Revolutionary War, but not much. Um, but today, less than 1% grow all of the food and fibre and, and, and organic fuel that we would we would use. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than 1% of the population. It's probably similar, by the way, for petrochemicals, the number of people involved in mm-hmm. mining petrochemicals. But So there's a very, very small percentage of the population that works in these primary sectors that you, know, you, you, you make new money from the sun, you grow it in farming, or you make new money by digging it out of the soil. Everything else, the secondary, tertiary, quaternary economies, um, are all about cycling money in the, in the economy, including in, in the health sciences where we look after ourselves. Um, so I just think it's, it's, just, it's just a smaller number of people. So we've got 9%. Well, that's nine times bigger than the population as a whole at 1%, yeah. right? So back in the 1950s, we didn't have nine times the population doing traditional agriculture. And it doesn't make it less important. It just makes it a smaller niche. Now, when it comes to the health sciences, I mean, um, human health is like, I don't remember the statistics, but human health is something like a third of our economy, mm. a third of our entire economy. And when you think about human health, it really is part of the service sector. It's a service yeah. economy. You get sick and you want help. The good thing now is that uh, the Chinese have a saying that my associate dean for research always talks about, and that is um, uh, if, if, uh, if you have to get medicine, the doctor's failed. And <laughs> so we're really pivoting now to looking at wellness, whether it's mental wellness, physical wellness, people exercise, people that are interested in how they should eat, nutritional sciences. Nutritional sciences is one of our health science majors, uh, probably one of the most complex and difficult um, to, to, to really get a handle on because people always lie to you about what they eat, mm-hmm. right? So they're never <laughs> going to tell the truth. Even when they think they're telling the truth, their, their <laughs> subconscious gets at them. But, um, you know, I, I'm not sure they're chasing the money per se. I think that there certainly is some of that in some of the health sciences um, where people, and, and for very practical and pragmatic reasons, I'm a first-generation student. The reason, mm-hmm. the reason I went to university was to get a better job than, and, and to, to you know, move up the economic chain. Uh, and uh, that was a, that's a real motivator and real driver for, we have 39% of our students are first-generation students. Wow. And uh, so there's a lot of challenges that go with being a first-generation student. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you can certainly make um, – I, I don't think it's the money. I think people connect with biology. And then for our college, they connect with biology like I did. They connect with biology and evolution in a way where they try to work out, so how can I make a living doing that? And so I'm not sure that's quite chasing the money. I'm not sure that's why they're not doing agriculture, but they're doing health sciences. I just think they connect with life sciences. They connect with biology. Um, I think, a, by the way, I think they have a lot in common with engineers. Mm, I don't yes. think there's an awful lot of difference between engineers and life sciences, except uh, that we need to eat different things every day and you guys would be just as happy eating the same thing. <laughs> that is so true. And uh, it, it was funny you mentioned people typically lie about what they eat. I went to the doctor and she's like, oh, how many meals do you have a day? And I'm like, I'm sure I have three and then like a snack. And then I really thought about it and I was like, I definitely don't do that. <laughs> So wellness, I think, has become, you know, really popular, uh, especially for my generation. Um, So we still have one more song. So I'm going to play that song and then we're going to kind of wrap things up and talk about things. So first, we're going to play Hey Brother by Avicii. Um, Very sad to see Avicii go. But like we mentioned earlier, you know, 
it's good that his music still lives on. Um, so make sure you stay until 5 o'clock. We're still going to talk some more. So this is Avicii's Hey Brother. Hey, so that was Hey Brother by Avicii. We're actually over time, but I just wanted to make sure that we wrapped this up nicely. So thank you so much for coming on the show, oh, by the thing. way. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, you know, it's really encouraging to, you know, have some more outreach to the station, you know, having people that most of our listeners haven't heard before and different perspectives. Um, I think we got, I've been getting feedback throughout the uh, the station today and you know even beforehand about how it's really unique having your opinions and what advice you gave and I think you really provided a lot of useful information and advice for our listeners. Thanks Ellie. it's nice of you to say. Oh of course well I really appreciate you coming on the show um, so we did record this so we will hopefully be providing that for people that were probably busy during this time um, is there any other you know final words or advice you'd like to give to our listeners? Well, we're over time, but um, if you ever get a chance to come on the show, do it. That's my final <laughs> bit of advice. It was great. Thank you so much. So up next is uh, Brody and Eric's Super Sports broad- Broadcast. Make sure you stick around for that. Um, thank you again, uh, Dean Burgess, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you.